0: Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is
1: David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is February 15th, 2021. In a year when everything has been different, it was comforting to watch an almost normal Super Bowl, with Tom Brady, albeit wearing the wrong uniform, winning yet again. It wasn't that close a game. Tampa Bay established a lead in the first half and just did what they needed to do to hold on to that lead to the end. I don't know if their coach, Bruce Arians, actually delivered a halftime pep talk to his team, but if he did, it would likely have featured three points. One, we're ahead and you need to know that we're ahead for a reason. Two, in the second half, we are going to slow this game down. And three, we're going to play precision offense, precision defense, protect the football, and not give up the big play. In the middle of the first quarter of 2021, American investors could benefit from some similar advice. The average investor has seen significant gains in recent years, getting them closer to their financial goals. And these gains largely affect better financial conditions. However, because of these gains, overall returns will be lower from here on out. That being said, it is more important than ever to overweight areas of markets that have more reasonable valuations, underweight sectors that look frothy, and maintain broad diversification to reduce the danger from the next shock to hit markets. However, before getting to these messages, it's worth reviewing where we are in recovering from both the pandemic and the economic chaos it unleashed. First, it's worth highlighting some positive news on the pandemic. To say that Americans are anxious to get vaccinated and return to their normal lives is obviously a gross understatement and any problems in the rollout of a vaccination program consequently gets a heavily negative press. However, as of today, over 70 million doses of vaccine have been delivered, with over 50 million doses administered. Adding those who have now received at least one dose of the vaccine to all of those who contracted the virus over the past year suggests that over 40% of Americans now likely have some immunity to COVID-19. The seven-day moving average of administered doses is now above 1.6 million and climbing. In addition, the spread of the virus is dropping dramatically. In the last week, a daily average of 91,000 people tested positive for the virus, down 65% from a peak of almost 260,000 in early January. Moreover, this is not just due to less testing. While the number of daily tests is down 11% from early January, it's still over 1.5 million tests per day, and the seven-day moving average of the test positivity rate has fallen from 13.6% in early January, to just 5.7% over the last week, a 58% decline. Also, very encouraging is the decline in hospitalizations from COVID 19, which have fallen from over 132,000 in early January to just 67,000 on Sunday. The decline in deaths is lagging these other variables, and there are still substantial risks from virus mutations. Nevertheless, the broad numbers in the pandemic suggest that community spread will be much lower over the spring and summer and that by fall we should finally be able to get back to almost normal activity. In Washington, with the Trump impeachment trial now over, attention will turn to the Biden rescue plan. President Biden has indicated that he would be willing to sign a bill with a narrower group of people receiving $1,400 stimulus checks. In addition, the odds are now low that a minimum wage increase will make it into the final bill. Still, Speaker Pelosi has expressed confidence that the bill will be on the president's desk by March 14th. If, as seems likely, the final bill is close to the scale suggested by President Biden, it will go a long way to supporting struggling families, businesses and state and local governments through the rest of the pandemic. It also, by expanding funding for testing, tracing and vaccine distribution, could help bring the pandemic to a faster and more definitive end. However, it should also provide a major boost to demand across the economy over the course of the year. Indeed, a combination of a receding pandemic and extra-fiscal stimulus should lead to a very rapid acceleration in economic activity over the course of 2021. Data due out this week, and particularly numbers on retail sales and inventories, will help analysts tighten estimates for first-quarter GDP. We think that growth should be slow but still marginally positive. However, starting in the second quarter of this year, assuming stimulus checks are distributed in late March or early April, growth should begin to take off. With real GDP growth exceeding 7% year over year for four consecutive quarters. Even in a normal environment, this acceleration in economic activity could be expected to result in a surge in employment. However, as the economy reopens following the pandemic, the resulting job growth could be even faster, since the most impacted sectors, including restaurants and the leisure, entertainment, retail, and personal services industries, are all very labour intensive. In addition, a sharp decline in immigration over the course of the pandemic has further reduced already anaemic growth in the working-age population. In combination, a surging demand for labour and limited supply should push the unemployment rate below 5% by the fourth quarter of this year and below 4% by the fourth quarter of 2022. A full recovery from the pandemic should also boost inflation. Part of this will just reflect a return to normal conditions and pricing in the travel, entertainment and leisure industries, Part should reflect continued very tight inventories of manufactured goods, particularly given the likelihood of a synchronous global recovery from the pandemic. However, the most important unknown is the extent to which a rapid recovery, fueled by significant and broad fiscal stimulus, could boost inflation via temporary excess demand for labour, goods and services. All told, it looks likely that year-over-year growth in both the headline and core consumption deflators will exceed 2% by the fourth quarter of this year. It's worth noting that this outcome would be substantially ahead of the Federal Reserve's expectations for economic recovery this year. In particular, at their December meeting, the median forecast of FOMC participants for the fourth quarter of 2021 was year-over-year real GDP growth of 4.2%, year-over-year consumption deflation inflation of 1.8%, and an unemployment rate of 5%. Still, the Fed remains unapologetically dovish. In a speech to the Economic Club of New York last week, Fed Chairman Jay Powell argued for a patiently accommodative monetary policy. He also emphasised the benefit of very low unemployment in helping low-earning workers. And interestingly, opined that had the pandemic not occurred, the labour market could have strengthened even further without causing a worrisome increase in inflation. The Fed has made it clear that they do not intend to raise short-term interest rates until the economy has achieved maximum employment. Chairman Powell's remarks suggest that this may imply an even lower unemployment rate than 3.5% seen in February 2020, before the pandemic hit. That being said, the Fed may be more willing to taper bond purchases if the economy is recovering more rapidly than they expect. And all of this suggests a steepening of the yield curve in the year ahead. While Americans will heartily welcome an end to the pandemic and a quick recovery to full employment, many investors feel nervous about markets going forward. This is understandable given the strength in recent returns, built on the back of falling interest rates and rising P.E. ratios. But in this context, it's important to recognize a few key points. First, while returns going forward are likely to be lower, many Americans are now much closer to meeting their financial goals. According to the Federal Reserve's survey of consumer finances, the average net worth of American families rose from 4.6 times annual pre-tax income in 1989 to 7.0 times by 2019, And because of continued strong markets, we estimate that by early 2021, this ratio has now risen to roughly 7.5 times and 9.6 times for a household with a reference person aged 55 to 64. For many people, this means that they can afford to settle for lower returns going forward if by doing so they can limit their vulnerability to a market shock. Second, much of the gain in portfolios simply reflects altered fundamentals. Low interest rates reflect a continued fall in inflation caused primarily by more competitive markets and income inequality which has boosted the demand for assets relative to the demand for goods and services. Low interest rates, in turn, support high P.E. ratios. Consequently, while both the stock and bond markets are vulnerable to a correction, there is no reason to expect a reversion to the mean valuations of recent decades. Third, within markets there is an unusually large dispersion of valuations. This suggests an opportunity within portfolios to actively overweight beaten down sectors, and actively underweight areas that remain frothy. And finally, in markets, as in football, mistakes are inevitable. The key is to build a portfolio that can weather a variety of shocks or mistakes. The best way to do this is to broadly diversify a portfolio so it can handle a wide variety of shocks. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week, and if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your JP Morgan representative.
0: The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production.